I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 20 and preview of round 21. This episode is brought to you by Petkey Printing Press, providing proper pro printouts since 2017. Uh, no, no, no. Um, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host and master of alliteration, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by seasoned co-host Michael Denton and Jason Wiskovich, and our special guest, Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello, friends. Doing well. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. Uh, always fun to have you. Uh, the uh, So the brought to you by, have to give credit to Mike for that uh, excellent, excellent choice uh, suggestion it was it's quite fun that was that was quite um the spectacle for that that uh, news conference and we'll talk about it in a second because i know jason you're just busting a gut to talk about rsl and uh, you've been gone for a little while so what have you been up to um yeah well i went to the uh last week i was supposed to be on with you guys but um i ended up uh getting free tickets to the man U versus rsl game which was an absolute delight um and then before that um man I was in San Diego visiting family, went to Disneyland, Padres game, baby shower. Uh, yeah, and then next week I'm actually off as well. I'm going to the East Coast, going to go see the Orioles play, the Nats play, the Phillies play. So it'll be fun. It's uh, just summer full of fun. As well, we're happy to have you on for this little break in your travels. Um, well, guys, let's talk about fantasy because that's what we're here to do. So let's just talk about how you guys did in round 20 this massively crazy and entertaining double game week mike well uh, i'll start um after the new york city game ended i was ticked off then i saw that new york red bulls had blown a clean sheet and i had robles and long so i was ticked off and then adi got a red card and so like i like shut down like mls thinking i was having a terrible week and uh, i should quit fantasy and i ended up with 147 this week was so weird <laughs> mostly because uh, when I left, like DC was up three nothing, and I thought my Jovan Jones pick was trash. Uh, and then he went and got nine points from that game. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a weird week when a team coming back from three nothing is like way down the list of crazy things that happen. But I ended up with one forty seven round rank four sixty two. Uh, moved up into the top two hundred for the first time this year, I think. Um, and I think I made some some cash. I'm at 111.5. So other than the Audi and Giovinco thing, um, and really wishing I had Sasha Klushin, I did pretty well. Jason? Nice. Yeah, um, finished with 158 points, round rank 136. Uh, ended up uh, finally cracking the top 100 since, uh, like, I don't know, I think it was like game week, uh, yeah, game week 10 or something like that. So I'm uh, number 84 overall. Uh, pretty stoked about that. I'm I'm very glad that I kept uh, Robles and Long. Um, I was pretty big on them. I can't believe they lost the clean sheet. And I think it was like the 93rd minute, but uh, 
Um, Rusnak was a very good differential for me with 16 points. I really wanted to pull the trigger on Plata or Savarino, but chickened out and brought in um, Dos Santos and BWP. Um, 10 points from BWP is okay. Obviously, if you didn't captain David Villa, um, A, you're an idiot, and B, you're probably crying in a corner right now. So um, I'm sorry I'm not sorry because that helped me out. So yay for me. Uh, for myself, I had a lot of red arrows this week. I was in a similar situation as Mike. I was like, wow, this week is not starting out like I wanted to. And then I ended up with 132 points, which strangely was really not good enough this round. Uh, I was in the top 100. I'm just under it now, 106. So still a pretty solid finish. But when the average point is 80 and the highest overall is 191, uh, these 130s, that's that's sort of just average for the people who are in this top 1,000 area. So. Uh, for me, I got talked into uh, the Montreal defense, and uh, I had some good reasonings, but you know what? I forget who talked me into that, but I hate you right now because I was <laughs> and I think I could have gotten some better better point coverage from that. I stuck with my Seattle players, though, and so that was great. My midfield disappointed me. I had Tachera and Valeri, and I'm not really comfortable with mentioning Valeri and failing me in the same sentence because he's been so good. All this round, but that leads me up to Audi in my forward line, which I really expected so much more from. And and Geo was just a huge disappointment as well. So there were a few of those key spots right there for me that just just massively failed, and I'm very upset about it. But I did captain David Villa, and I'm happy about that. So great, great news there. Um, as far as my budget goes, I'm at one twelve point four. Tim? Yeah, I, uh, I finished up with 143 points this round, so a strong outing. But the, the problem here is I made a couple of moves right before the deadline that really killed me. So I swapped out Sacha for Nico Ladero. And then Ooh. I ended up – I had Robles as the goalkeeper, and I had Jovan Jones in, and I had Aaron Long as first off the bench. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I like the Red Bulls' chances this week. Let's get Long in there. And Long did great. He had 12 points. He was better than Fisher and Callens alongside of him on my on my lineup. But And Jovan Jones goes out and puts, you know, 20-plus points up. So it's uh, definitely a bit frustrating, but I, I can't complain. It brought me back into the top 500, sitting at 110.5 in, uh, for my team value. And uh, I'm looking forward. You know what? I've put together a tiny little winning streak in the uh, host league. So – We'll talk about that later, but, you know, very, very happy about that. I feel like with all these scores that are team values that Tim is basically like, um, $1, Don, uh, I'll bid $1. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> well, that's what we had. If you guys were in that same general area, I think you're doing pretty well. Um, while we all may not have had fantastically amazing scores that were pushing the 200-point range, I think they were all pretty decent. So if you were in this area, I think you're in the right vein of thought for a lot of these choices. But now let's talk about round 20 because, holy cow, double game week. This this was – it was just nonstop the whole time with craziness and, like, 50-something goals and, and few clean sheets and absences and red cards and, oh, my, we're at the Lions and Tigers and Bears. That's all we really need. Uh, but let's start out giving props. Got my two New York guys here. Props to both New York teams. NYC coming through for me and for many others with those David Villa goals and assists and several other players. Um, I love that. And, and of course, 
uh, Tim, I'll give you some time to talk about this. Uh, New York, I guess, found themselves. They they had all their players firing on the cylinders, putting up massive points, massive goals, and I was not expecting that. So, Mike, Tim, feel free to chat amongst yourselves about New York. Mike, you go ahead, man. Uh, New York City actually played first, so. <laughs> By like two minutes, Guy Sanchez will back me up on <laughs> Well, you know, New York City always really cares about promptness and accurate uh, kickoff times. To, you know? <laughs> for, for the fans. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really interesting uh, – it was a tough week for New York City. You know, they, they didn't really do as well against Toronto as I was thinking, especially with Giovinco going down. Um, you were kind of hope, almost hoping for more chances created, but um, you know then they end up getting the late PK, and, and then have a f- tough fight with the really weird red card uh, early in the 12th minute to Herrera because he I guess because he mostly because he got angry that he was kicked in the penalty box and didn't get a call, but it's yeah so a weird week for New York City and the refs, but not nearly as weird as some of the others. But I mean David Villa did what he does at home and and racked up a huge number of points. Uh, I think it was really good for Maxi Morales to get out there and, and kind of get back involved in the offense. Uh, it was really go- good to see uh, Jonathan Lewis uh, get a starting nod. Uh, I don't know if he'll get more time um, with Rodney Wallace being out and Moderita being out. You know, we kind of are short so all of a sudden for starting offensive Speedster guys, uh, and with Shelton out too. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll see some more Lewis because it uh, seems like he's got a lot of potential as a young kid. And, um, and you know, New York City got four points, probably should have gotten six, but, uh, you know, against two of the top teams, you can't be too too upset about that. True, true. Yeah, and uh, on the other side of the river, the Red Bulls finally started to look like themselves once again. We actually came out against San Jose in a 5-4-1. And a uh, quick sidebar, if you're at the gym, go ahead and throw 5-4-1 from the Power Rangers soundtrack on and tell me you don't get a personal record in every single one of your lifts. That song is awesome. And that's all I hear when I see this formation. It's great. It's just on repeat in my head. It's awesome. Anyway, um, so 5-4-1, we've got Aaron Long, Damian Paranel, and Sal Zizo, Sal Zizo of all people, as the back three with Tyler Adams and Connor Laid who's now injured, and Alex Will actually did a good job of filling in for him. I've been a big proponent of the Alex Will fullback, by the way, for a while, even though has zero fantasy consideration now. But basically, they're causing terror up the wings. And Sasha Question is actually – he actually works really well with Sean Davis. And him and Sean have actually do, been doing a great job of switching off. And Sean's kind of been that little Dax outlet that Sasha's been missing for a while. And – you know, Sash now has that extra second to see Danny Royer making amazing runs, which he's been making all season long, and they just haven't found him. So Danny Royer is going to be the guy. Him and Sean Davis are going to be the guys that you look for for value right now because they're both under $8 million, And I'm really excited to start getting them into my lineup with this team firing on all cylinders. Um, and I will say that Bradley Red Phillips, you know, he, he put a goal in over these two games, and he, he's had his chances, but – Gonzalo Verón, of all people, who would have thought I'd be saying this earlier in the year, but you know, when he comes on, he's really been—he's been a spark for this club. And who knows? I mean, if he keeps stretching the field like he does, Bradley may end up having to, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe slide back in the formation or kind of take the Thierry Henry number ten role from Soch, let Soch move back. I mean, we got options here, but I'm really optimistic about where this team's looking in the future. 
Go, go, New York Red Bulls. Yes! Oh, Sorry. Awesome. Sorry. Um. <laughs> so, so, Tim, do you think the Red Bulls' performance this week was due to, like, them getting together, or was it because of the opponents? I mean, you know, they played Minnesota. They're missing Calvo in defense. Um, missing and then, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the San Jose was also missing, I think, Bernardes and, and someone else. Was it Alashi for a red card? Not to mention whoever they were missing for the Gold Cup. Um, but, but do you really think they found something tactically? I do. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, even if the their opponents were at full strength, I still see the Red Bulls beating them because of how crisp and how refreshed they looked. I mean, it was just, it was night and day from where they were coming into the international break. Um, you know, I guess Montreal at home would be the big test. You know, Red Bulls have this season been very strong at home, but, you know, it could be that these two strong wins act as a bit of a springboard too for the club. We'll see. But I, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about their chances over the next few game weeks. Yeah, great question. I know I'm going to be looking at them hard for this next round. Uh, Mike, you mentioned some of the craziness that did happen, how – what you meant, how what you said was not all that odd. Let's talk about the odd. Javinko getting injured, Adi getting red cards, more red cards coming. What was going on with all this madness in these games? I, I think it maybe just teams coming back, um, you know, after the break, and just kind of being out of sorts. That that's the only thing I can think of. But I mean, Adi getting a red card, like how how do you predict that? Um, Ladero getting a red card, what? <laughs> so late too. Yeah, I mean, there were just so many, like, weird – I mean, you know, Giovinco getting hurt, okay, you know, in, injuries happen. Um, and it was just kind of a, a, a weird play, you know, a defender get, get, gets his knee into to the back. Um, but, I mean, I was not expecting Red Bulls to – I mean, just absolutely demolish San Jose. The, the, I mean, the, the, to me, the weirdest one was Seattle, D.C. I mean, D.C., you struggled to do anything offensively. Then they go into Seattle, even with Fry being out with kind of that late injury that he picked up in training. Um, put up three and put up three quick. I mean, I think they were up three within the first twenty-five minutes or something. I mean, it, I mean, they, they were looking for a route, and then Seattle all of a sudden gets it together behind Christian Roldan and Jovan Jones. <laughs> I mean, because it, it wasn't the you know the big names. Morris is gone. Dempsey is gone. Uh, I don't. I think Ladero got seven points. Um, maybe it was before the red card, uh, and you know, just just a really weird. And, and we're not, we were saving probably the weirdest one, which is RSL smashing. <laughs> we are, but excuse me, you can't forget the dancing bear either. No, I mean we we talked about Will Bruin, and it, it was nice to see him see him come through. Um, but I mean, Christian great Roldan was was the star, and I, I know Simon wanted us to, to talk about how he picked him. So credit to Simon for picking Rodon on his fantasy team. Good job, good job, Simon. Uh, another strange thing that happened, uh, maybe even more so than all those red cards. Uh, Mike, who was the top defender this round, or not defender, top keeper this round? Well, I mean, the top keeper is exactly who we all expected, which was Tyler Derrick and his two road games. I mean, you know, Houston's the worst team on the road, had one, so of course he's going to get uh, a clean sheet and nearly to a second clean sheet. <laughs> the white hat. The white hat did it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, he, he wore a white hat for the first part of the match, and I don't know what is in that white hat. I don't know if that made him the good guy all of a sudden, like in an old Western. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, he was like a Texas cowboy just stopping everything. Full, uh, full of great justice, white hat. 
Uh, LA did LA things. They lost at home, and then random people scored on the road. So if you had Alessandrini, you got an assist. If you had other people, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, LA doing LA things continues to perplex me, uh, and also why it continues to not be a great option fantasy-wise, in my opinion. Uh, have to point out Minnesota who have 16 players currently with red flags. Uh, they may have had 17 last round, so they may be slightly better. Just for perspective, Minnesota has almost as many players with red flags as Portland has players available. So uh, it, it, is, it is rough times in Minnesota, and that showed with this game week, and it's something to heavily consider moving forward into round 21. Uh, Mike's already touched on Seattle getting it done against DC and giving a spanking to San Jose as well. They said I had a monster around and I was happy to have a couple of great defenders for them myself. And before we get to the last segment, I'm going to give you guys, which is RSL. I'm going to give you guys a chance to talk about anything else you want, because just set your clock because Jason's about to rant. Um, speaking of weird things, Coleman scored not once, but twice. Right. I didn't think that was possible, but apparently it is. I guess uh, before Jay launches into it, I just want to say that Mike Petke is a total babe, and uh, this will be a nice segue into Jason's uh, Jason's chat here. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Emoji hard eyes. Yeah, that being said, Jason, <laughs> this, I guess this, this could be a new segment. Jason, let's talk RSL. Whoa. Victory over Portland. Is Ooh. that enough to... Wow. <laughs> is, is the victory over Portland enough to really make them legit? Or as we already mentioned, they've, they've had some troubles as well. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it was a stomping 4-1, which made me obviously very happy. Um, but even in the beginning of the year, all the teams that beat RSL, you can't really claim that as a great victory. Uh, yeah, you get three points, but RSL was banged up throughout the entire first half of the season, as is Portland now. So for me, I'll take you know, I'll take it. It was great. I think it was a great catalyst um, uh, to start the offense that we've been lacking all year. Um, and plus, you know, over a conference rival, I'll, you know, I'll take it, but I'm not really going to put too much into that. Uh, but then coming home, uh, playing against Sporting Kansas City, uh, you know, without Beckerman, I think that that was absolute BS, which we'll go into a little bit later. Um, but I thought we played against SKC pretty good. I mean, it's always a, a chippy physical game. Um, I'll tell you, though, I'm, I'm really liking what I see between Rusnak, Saverino, and Plata. And even Luis Silva uh, has really looked much better. Um, Yura is probably gone, which brings a single tear to my eye, but it's for the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, we're healthy. Offensively, everything is just running on all cylinders. Uh, I, I'm excited. Well, I think we're only, what, three or four points away from the playoff line. So anything's possible, as Kevin Garnett would say. <laughs> so I had a comment made at me on, on Twitter this weekend as stating that finally we're gonna, we, we are going to stop overlooking Real Salt Lake. And I don't really feel that's fair. So Jason, as the most level-headed, rational Real Salt Lake fan we're ever going to meet, uh, let us know your thoughts on that because I, I feel like – RSL has been bad the Absolutely. majority of the year. And Absolutely. to say they're bad is reasonable, and to not want to pick them up from a fantasy perspective is also reasonable, even though they may have some high points or some goals and points from time to time. Caveat, 
I think all of us have always had said Rusnak is your one option. Yes, um, I completely agree with that entire statement. RSL has been hot garbage the entire first half of the season. But the great thing is we all have unlimited transfers. And when a team or players are in a run of form, the best options are typically to pick them up. Um, <laughs> this is the first time this year that I have more than one RSL player in my lineup, and I have four. So, oh, yeah. Um, but that's that, that'll come later with the player picks. But I think that I think that you know Rusnak is definitely the one player that you pick up. I think if you're going to pick up a second player, uh, it's going to be Plata because he is on some set pieces and he is also on PKs. Uh, if you want to go with a good differential, I think Savarino is another great option. He's a little pricey, but um, yeah, I think you know Rusnak or Plata would be good ones to pick. But I love Rusnak. He's actually my captain this week, so. Well, you know, Jason, I'm sure you could keep going on and on about RSL, but I just didn't have enough ink for my rundown to to keep putting in more bullet points here. So, did your printer not print? Pass it out, Trey. Pass them out. I, I want to make, mention one thing on the ignoring RSL thing. Like, if you look at their totals, like their fantasy totals are really bad. Like, even Plata, who has 96 points, well, he's gotten 36 percent of his points in the last three games so like two of the games of this game week that's when he got his points so like most of the year he's been terrible i don't know what people were expecting us to ignore yeah he's been terrible all the other years but you, you know magically he's going to be good all of a sudden you know sometimes like changes in form uh, happen maybe it's all because of sovereigno but you have to actually see it in order to be dependent otherwise it's a risk so you can't get mad at us just because like we looked at past performances and used that to predict future because that's what everyone does. It's a calculated are... risk. It definitely is a calculated risk. And RSL has been hot garbage this entire first half of the season. And I don't blame you if you haven't picked anybody or you know picked any RSL players, but look at RSL's home performance. They have one of, I believe they have one of the best home records in the league um, this year as well. I think they're in the in the I think I want to say they're in the top, I think top five, top six. Um, plus Rusnak, Rusnak and Plata have been there. I mean, ourselves in form, so, and they're playing against the Columbus team who's traveling across the nation. This makes sense. Oh, yeah, if we're talking about this. We'll, we'll talk get... about that, yeah. We'll okay. talk about that later. We'll get there. But, I mean, for last week, they had one game on the road, and their home game was against Sporting Kansas City. Oh, yeah, yeah, you couldn't. I mean, and that's why I only picked Rusnak, just because he was the guaranteed to go one, you know, 180, but... I mean, it was an anomaly to have Plata and Savarino do what they did last week. I mean, especially against Portland. In Portland, uh, a crazy stat with that is we haven't won. Arsenal have not won on a turf on a turf field since 2013. That was the first turf wow. win since 2013. So I don't blame you. Thank you so much, guys, for all those insights and reflections back onto round 20. Round 21 is coming up, and here's what you need to know in our housekeeping section. We have two double game week teams, much more laid back double game week. Uh, our teams are Columbus and Philadelphia. Of those two teams, neither one is playing a double home game, but Columbus is playing a double away game, and I don't know if they're going to have the same success as Houston did in our last round. So keep that in mind as you're making your trades because Wednesday, this Wednesday uh, is coming up and that's when everything starts. So get those trades done. Columbus, Philadelphia, double game week, 
home and away teams. Uh, Gold Cup update. Um, Mexico beats Jamaica. What? Not super fantasy related, but I had to mention it, mostly because uh, Andre Blake is still going to be gone, and that is a Philadelphia player I think many people would have possibly been looking at. But Mike will cover more of that later. But I just wanted to join in in all of the just crazy craziness that is Jamaica beating Mexico. Wow. Wow. Kamar Lawrence, baby. <laughs> Kamar Lawrence. Lawrence That's a great free kick. Red My Bull. goodness. That thing dropped like a rock. I love it. <laughs> They're the Gold Cup killers, man. They really are. Uh, so last week we had our Patreon donor, Matt, on here. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. Glad you love the show. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Patreon is a way that listeners can donate to our show to help us cover some of the expenses that we do have in running the show with hosting fees and, and covering some of the swag that we send out. And in return, we try to do things for our Patreon members, like have them on the show or answer questions. Uh, I have actually planned uh, a couple of episodes where before we start, we're going to open up our Google Hangout or our Skype channel, whatever we're doing that week, and just let the people who are at various donation levels join us and just chat about whatever fantasy or soccer or Star Wars or life or whatever it is that they want to talk about, Mike and I like Star Wars, then that'll be a fun thing for you guys to do with us before the show starts. Uh, so if you like our show enough to want to give us some money, awesome, head on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T, reon.com slash MLSFI and uh, pick one of the levels. If you don't want to, we're just glad you're listening, except Jason, because he really only loves people who donate money. Yep. If you uh, help us out, I'll love you forever. I'm actually obligated contractually, and Mike, as my lawyer, can attest to that. It's, it's true. Jason has um, opened a, a binding offer to, to love you unconditionally, which means you can do and say whatever you want, and he has to still love you. Um, now, I haven't made that same promise. I've simply promised to dislike you less if, if you donate. So if you <laughs> fear my wrath, um, it's, it's good to donate. So, I mean, you probably want me to not hate you. And Tim is just a donor. That I am. <laughs> hey, that's a damn fine beer drinking glass you guys sent out last year. I'm very excited to see what happens this year. Now we are trying to get the scarves locked down, so we will see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for those of you who do choose to donate, and, and just thank you, everyone, who listens. Now, one of the most important segments, if not the most important segment of housekeeping, Mike's injury report. Mike? Well, as, as Reed already mentioned, Blake is going to be out Wednesday with a case of beating Mexico-itis. Um, I think he's really the only Jamaican player that's involved in Columbus, Columbus and Philadelphia who will be involved. Um, as far as the rest of the Gold Cup players, you know, Lawrence, um, Br uh, Bradley, Altador, I would put all of them as questionable. They're going to be doubtful, you know, whenever you make your transfers. Uh, no promises. It's going to be a case-by-case -case basis based on how much they play Wednesday, how much they've played, and how badly their teams need him. You know, you can see like Michael Bradley playing 90 minutes because he's Michael Bradley and he's insane. But as far as some of the other guys who are less like crazy fit, like Michael Bradley, you'll have to kind of tell. So if you're taking any of those players for on your team, you're, you're taking a risk. Um, now for other players involved in that midweek game, Sapong missed with a right ankle sprain. Uh, no timetable. Pico tweaked his hamstring in training, missed both of the games this week. I don't have any update for him. So um, he's going to be game time for, for fantasy unless we get something tomorrow. Um, 
let's see i had someone else here oh uh higuain uh knee, knee sprain uh he's been listed as by columbus's day-to-day um they couldn't give a, a real good answer as to whether or not he's gonna come back um they say he tweaked it in like this week of training but he did miss the game before the gold cup so there actually might be something worse there so just kind of really pay attention if you're going to go with higuain to check that lineup uh some other injuries around the league uh beasley missed with a hamstring tightness uh vincent had to be uh subbed out before the game with a left quad strain chanel is going to miss four to six weeks for new york city and there's a whole bunch of New York City players here. Uh, Herrera had a red card, so he'll be out this week against Toronto. Uh, Sweats had a head injury and had to come off. Uh, no word on the severity of that yet. And then uh, Rodney Wallace, he's out two weeks. Um, I don't remember what exactly his injury is that he picked up with Costa Rica. I think it was a knee issue. But um, so, so he'll definitely be out for the Toronto match as well. Um, some other injuries, uh, Martinez missed the Orlando match with right foot contusion. A wholeness for RSL is out for the season with an ACL injury. Oh, and I, I missed a New York City player. Camargo had a hip fracture. He is probably out for the season, so that's a depth hit for New York City. And then uh, Laid had a muscle pull for the New York Red Bulls. Uh, no timetable, but he did miss. He had to be subbed off early Wednesday and uh, missed the Saturday game. So no word from uh, Jersey if he will be available for this coming week against uh, Montreal. And I think that's all the injuries we had uh, as far as disciplinary um, issues go. I don't, I'm don't. i not aware of anything that's going to affect Columbus and Philadelphia other than Bedoya is going to be on yellow card accumulation in the morning. Um, I had a question earlier about Elliot. I think he does have four yellow cards, but I'm pretty sure he earned the good behavior incentive. Um, so I don't believe he's going to be on warning this week. But double check because MLS doesn't put out the official warning stats uh, until like the day of, of the transfer. So um, double check uh, and follow me at MLS Injury News. Uh, whenever they do update that page, I'll be sure to put that out. And I'm not aware of any discipline or disco uh, probabilities for any of those players. I, I think most of the disco stuff um, was dealt with in the Petke press conference. So <laughs> uh, that's all that I have, unless y'all uh, saw something I did. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Comprehensive as always. Uh, yes, we have. Please be sure to do follow Mike at MLS Injury News because he provides all kinds of great updates like this. And uh, he's just a great guy, too. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, that that's, <laughs> that, you know, that's fair. That's fair. It's okay. It's okay. Now we're going to get into round 21. This is our, our preview of all the games coming up. We're doing this game by game because they're not that many double game week teams, but we're going to kick it off with the two teams that are playing a double game week, Philadelphia versus Columbus. Tim, what are your thoughts? And I've got a couple of Reddit questions. I'll give you that either before or after you want to talk. Um, you know what? Let's get it, give it to me before, because I think uh, I think we should all uh, probably jump in on these two teams. Okay, yeah, everyone feel free to weigh in at any point during this conversation. The two questions that uh, we have from Reddit are kind of similar. Uh, the first one is, which Columbus and Philadelphia midfield and forward not named Harris M, that's a good way to approach that name, uh, are most likely to start both games, so just focusing on midfields and forwards. But then we have a follow-up that says, with only two double game week teams and neither one having any surefire options, how many Columbus and Philadelphia players should I even really have? 
I guess I could talk about, or I can give the answers to those questions with the, within the context of my own team. Um, right now, aside from Harris, I'm not even just going to, I'm just not going to say a last name. We all, we all remember the last podcast. Medunjanin. Uh, Harris Medunjanin. Um, I have Justin Merrim, but I'm not confident he's going to start both, and I may actually switch him out. Uh, you know, he got, what, 163 minutes over the last double game week he had, so... You know, but he hasn't exactly racked up the minutes in his most recent matches here. So uh, maybe it was a precautionary move. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm probably and probably just going to look elsewhere instead of going with Justin Merrim. And I, I honestly have no forwards <clears throat> in either team at the moment. Yeah, for I, me. I, oh, good, good, Mike. Oh, um, I have five, I think, right now um, from them. Um, I, I could go down. I'm, I'm not dead set. Um I am a little bit more positive on Miram. I know he's been subbed out recently, but if you look at the past two double game weeks, he's started in both of them. Uh, I think one he played yeah, 82 and 90, and another he played 73 and 90. Um, and if Higuain is out, I, I don't yeah. think that he's going to be as much of a rotation risk. Um, honestly, when I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, so much it's going to be hard for me to talk because so much of what I'm going to do as far as how many double game weeks is going to depend on that lineup. I mean, if it would. They had we, we didn't talk about the game that they played this week where Philadelphia was in Columbus. Um, I tried to watch that game because I knew there was a double game week coming out. That game was awful. Um, the, the expected goals were 0.53 to 0.13. That's terrible. Like, literally, nothing happened in that game other than Miram scored a goal at one point. Um, so like, if those are the kind of lineups we see again, you, you don't have to go in them now. On Miram, if you look at his double game weeks, he hasn't scored less than 20 in two double game weeks. Um, he scored 23 one game double game week and 20 in the next one. So he's not a terrible double game week option. Um, I have him. I think I have the captain armband on him right now, but I, I could shift because we do have a lot of good good double game week options. Uh, I could see you going with Ola Kamara. Um, just to kind of take advantage if Philly really doesn't have any offensive threat going forward. I could see Columbus trying to take advantage. Um, one other thing about rotation, too, now that we've kind of passed the halfway point, we're past the Gold Cup break, I don't think a rotation is going to be as much of a problem, especially for these two teams who I mean, Columbus is on the bubble right on the red line. Philadelphia is desperate to get above it. I don't think these teams are benching players right now. I think these teams are going for it because now we're at the point of every game matters. There's a lot more pressure and benching players, unless you have a good reason to do so, just isn't going to happen as much. Um, obviously, it's still a risk, but I, I think especially with Higuain out, Miram's a good option. Um, you can maybe pick up a few defenders just because I don't think it's a great defender week, but um I mean, the, the questioners are right. There's not a whole lot of attractive options. I mean, you, you could certainly leave off Ola Kamara and, and make arguments. Even Medu uh, I think you could probably leave off your team this week. Um, you, you can kind of make arguments. It really, really depends on what you see in those lineups. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Medu and and Jonathan Mensa. I've got both of them. Um, as I said, I have Merrim before, and I have Jack Elliott in a switch, but... I mean, really, the high floor players there are Meta Janine and 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 Mensa, and I mean, high floor meaning six points. You know, it's not exactly like that's a high floor for 
a regular single game week player, but I don't know. It's it's tricky. I mean, I might even I might end up not having any players. Who the hell knows? I, like you said, it all depends on what the lineup looks like on Wednesday. And see, uh, for me, like I'm gonna respectfully disagree with you on this one, Timmy. Uh, I think that any Philadelphia players, this at least for the first game, are not going to be good, um, and even defensively, even though Columbus are playing away at Philly, Philly is still without Andre Blake. Philly is without any of their strikers. So therefore, Medujanine is, I mean, who is he going to serve the ball to? He's not going to serve it to anybody. No, I mean, you know what I mean? There's not going to be any strikers for him to get it to. Maybe game week two, I'm sorry, maybe the second leg of the double game week. But um, I personally, I have uh, Merrim just because he's killed it, like Mike said, the last couple double game weeks. And I have Ola Kamara in a switcheroo. Um, because I think that, I mean, Ola Kamara kills RSL. Uh, I think last time I want to say he scored two, I think he scored a brace or a hat trick last time he played RSL here. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I think that you're, I really don't th- I think that this double game week, it's two not very good teams. And uh, I, I think there are a lot better single game options. Oh yeah. And, and part of the problem here too is both, we've talked a lot about the midweek game, but their second games are really awful games. New England's been good at home. And I mean, Philly had a double game week this past week. Uh, that That's my big concern for them. Um, they're they're going to have a four games in a week and a half stretch going into New England. So I, I'm kind of hesitant to have any Philadelphia defenders, regardless of if Blake comes back and plays. Because, I mean, we, we don't know if you know, he comes back from the Gold Cup. They might give him a rest. But... That, that New England game is scary. And then for Columbus to go to, to RSL, we talked about RSL in form. RSL at home is very good. It, it's hard for me to get super excited about a whole of these guys. I mean, I have five right now, but I could easily go down. There, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty for me in, in the, with these teams. Well, Tim, that really only leaves one thing left for you to do, and that's make a prediction for the scoreline. Ooh. <sighs> Hmm. Um, one one, boring draw. All right. Ola Kamara t- hits the uh, hits the equalizer late. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You called it here. We'll see what happens. Jason, Atlanta versus Orlando. Interesting game. This is actually a rematch, and some of our friends at Reddit wanted to know: Will Atlanta be able to capitalize on this and turn it on, or is Orlando going to find out what it did wrong last time and fix it? Um, I think Atlanta dominates this game three to one. Uh, Orlando's in shambles. They're just not clicking. Um, you know, yeah, they're going to get Laren back, which is a, which is an added boost, but they just don't look good. I mean, like to their, to their credit, they played decent last week and it was, I feel like last week was just an anomaly with the goals outside the 18. I mean, Beckerman, Villalaba, um, Shoot, I don't even know that. I mean, there were a couple other players that scored from outside the 18, just lasers. And uh, David Villa? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> among one. Um, but I, I still think that uh, Atlanta will have Orlando's numbers. I mean, they're going to be riding the high off coming down to Orlando and beating them. Um, but I just think that Atlanta has too much firepower. Uh, for Orlando and uh, the the two players that I really like this week are uh, Almiron just because he's just arguably one of the best 
young talents in MLS right now. And then um, LPG, the defender, uh, a little pricey at 6.5, but I think that he uh, has possibly a goal or an assist uh, along with a possible clean sheet, but I'm just hedging the bets at three, three to one Atlanta. Mike, New England versus Philadelphia, Philly's second game. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's four games in a week and a half. Um, this is where they're going to be gassed. I, I don't know if they'll have their strikers back. Uh, you know, if the, if Sapong plays uh, in the midweek game, I, I think you can maybe consider him having some success against New England. We just saw what the, the Galaxy did against New England. But it's still New England at home. I think your better pick out of here is Lee Wynn. Um, if you look at his home scores, they're not just good. They're incredible. 7, 11, 6, 10, uh, 5, 15, 10, 6, 8, 12. So, I mean, I think the lowest I said there was 5. Yeah, that's uh, especially against a gas team who's played two more games in a week and a half than New England has. And, and with New England being desperate, uh, I, I think Lee Wynn is a must-have this week, more so than even any of the double game league players. Um, I, I think this is a route. I, I think this is 3 nothing New England. Uh, I think there's a clean sheet possibility, not not a great one, but it, that probably depends on if Sapong and uh, Pico are available. If they're out, uh, Philadelphia has no answers. Jay Simpson is not a good enough forward to, to really be threatening. Um, maybe a, a goal for him, but I, I, I think you have a good possibility of a clean sheet there. So uh, I would go strongly for New England out of this game. All right, moving on to uh, New York versus Montreal. Tim, you talked a little bit about this game at the top of the show, so how do you think it's going to play out? I'm going to start off with the score this time so I don't forget it later. Um, I think the Red Bulls win 2-1. to one. I think it's a little bit tougher of a game for them. You know, both teams are pretty healthy. Um, Mike, what was the uh, the call on on Piatti before? Was he Is he coming back? Uh, he subbed in this past game, so I'm assuming he'll be available. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he, I don't know if he'll start or if he'll be a sub, um, but he, he, he'll probably play. Yeah, he may come off early, but, I mean, both teams are – you know, pretty healthy. Um, you know, Montreal looked pretty good last week, but the Red Bulls are playing at home. Red Bull Arena has been a fortress for them this year. I, I have Aaron Long on my squad. I have Danny Royer on my squad at $7.7 million. Um, I'm thinking about maybe also getting Sean Davis in a switcheroo. We'll see. But I, uh, I've i got the Red Bulls winning 2-1. to one, And I'll probably also have, uh, I don't know, Jemaili, I think that's how it was pronounced. I think I looked up a YouTube video that pronounced it correctly for me, and I think that's how it's pronounced. So I'll also have him I'm him in on my squad. Hey, Jason, Dallas versus Vancouver. Both of them had some pretty good showings last round. What do you think is going to turn out this time? I think uh, Dallas takes it 2-0, uh, and the reason being is because Vancouver played a double game week the prior week and only scored a goal each game. Um I don't know. I just think that Dallas, uh, I mean, they just look great. They're, they're always a good bet at home. Um, they're not the, you know, FC Dallas defense that we thought they would be this year. But then again, there's been injuries, call-ups. So um, I think they're just missing hedges. I'm pretty sure Zimmerman's back and healthy. <clears throat> um, Gonzo is called up. He's called up, correct, to the U.S.? Mike? Yes. Um, yeah. Wait, which Gonzalez? Uh, Dallas. Um, Hedges. Hedges is um, with the U.S. 
Okay. Oh, uh, Gonzalez is flagged, so I'm not sure. But if Gonzo starts, then I, I give FC. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Jesse Gonzalez. Yeah, I was thinking Omar Gonzalez. Yeah, Jesse um, Gonzalez is out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he he should be available for this game because he's he's almost certainly not going to play uh, midweek. So I, I'm, I'm sure he'll be rested and, and back in time um, probably to play. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I still give it 2-0 two, uh, two to Dallas. I um, really like Lamar. He has just come on strong. And I believe he is 8.2. Um, I, I just think that he's great. If you're looking for another single game week striker, I think Arudi can be pretty good as well. Um, they both have had really good showings the past couple uh, game weeks. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think, let me see here. Arudi has 11, 8, and 7 his last game. And, um, Lamar, I think Lamar has scored a brace in the past couple games. Yeah, uh, 11, 13, and 7. So two great uh, options, uh, pretty decently priced as well. So, Okay, Mike, Houston versus Portland. Portland probably won't be as bad as they were this past week because they're going to be getting a lot of players back. Um, from the Gold Cup. But then again, a lot of their players that they lost have played a lot of minutes in the Gold Cup. So I don't know how much they'll play or how effective they'll be once they get to Houston. And of course, they're playing in Houston. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. You know, the players like um, Nagby, uh, who've lodged a lot of minutes, um, you know, Guzman, um, they're not going to get a welcome respite in you know a comfortable evening in Houston. It's going to be hot, going to be humid, and we know what Houston does at home. And with Portland, uh, I know they're signing some players in. I don't know how many of their new center backs they've actually signed or coming in, but I, I think you're looking at Houston offense here because Houston is going to be pretty much full strength. Um, Tebow Torres will be back from Mexico. Um, and then they'll have one of the interesting options we haven't talked about yet, which is Martinez, um, new Argentinian midfielder that they just signed. Uh, I don't know if he'll start yet, but he is training with the team ne- this week, and he will be available, uh, I do believe. So um, we'll be able to see what he can do. But uh, you have great options here. I-, I think Cubo Torres is a good option. You know, Kyoto or Ellis uh, up front. Uh, Minotas will probably go back to the bench. Um Alex is probably the one who's losing his spot to Martinez. So unfortunately he's probably not a good option anymore. But um, if you wanted to take a risk, if you felt really good about Martinez starting, maybe put Martinez as part of a switch through. Um, that said, I think this is a three, one uh, win for Houston. Jason, you talked about him before RSL versus Columbus in their second game. Yeah, this one, I think RSL dominates again, three nil. Um, Columbus has two away games, like I mentioned before. They're in Philly, and then they travel up to Rio Tinto against RSL. Uh, I think they're going to be tired. Um, the altitude obviously affects everybody. Um, and like I mentioned before, I think that um, Russ uh, Rusnak should be a must-have in your team. Um, if you want to get a little um, – Spicy and have a little differential, Plata or Savarino. I currently have Ramondo, Glad, Rusnak, and Plata in my lineup. So um, that just shows how much confidence I have them in them this week. Um, but take that with a grain of salt. If you do that and they get blown out 3 nothing, don't at me, bro. 
No, do do at him, bro. That would be very funny for the rest of us. It probably it probably would be, but then if you get a clean sheet and Rusnak and plot the score, then you can at me, bro. No, don't at him then. Far less funny for the rest of us. Rude. I mean, either way, I think it's going to be GIF City, so. True. No, totally. I love it. Yeah, True. It, it always is. It always is. <laughs> okay, Mike, San Jose versus Colorado. Do you think there's much in this game? Uh, no, I mean, the, the only thing that might be interesting is is Vaco coming back. But, I mean, th- this has 1-1 one, one draw all over it. Um, maybe clean sheet for San Jose. Um, but, I mean, with – I, I don't know that I can take a team that just got what eight goals scored against them. Um, I, I know they'll be getting you know Godoy back and, and that'll help, but it it, it just they, they've been playing a very aggressive offensive style with, with the new coach, and <clears throat> you know the first time he did it, it kind of took some teams by surprise. Well, now they have some tape, so the question is whether or not they're going to be able to adjust. Uh, I think they're going to ha- take some time to adjust, and unfortunately, I think they'll they'll drop some points at home. Colorado's actually been pretty consistent at to scoring um, the, the past few weeks, so I, I think this is one one. Like usual, you can't really predict who who's gonna uh, who's gonna be the goal scorer. Um, Youngworth has really dropped off his form. Uh, I mean, he had a round score of five, you know, way off the massive bonus points he was early, earning early in the year. So, I mean, maybe go with Lima just in case he gets involved offensively with an outside chance at a clean sheet. But um, yeah, I, I think. Uh, unless you're going to go like wacky differential with, with Vaco, who who is by the way in the game is Valeri. Uh, let me save. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this just for the entertainment of our listeners. Kak I don't know. Nailed um, it. The struggle is real. Nailed it. <laughs> Boom. Done and dusted. That's the way his name is pronounced. I don't care what his family says. Um, yeah, so Vaco, he's at 9.0, got seven points in the round last week. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're passing on this game. 1-1. One, one. Okay, moving on. I need to backtrack one. I skipped over one of the most potentially exciting games. I, I was going to say, I was going to wait to see if you went all the way and just be like, yeah, we just ignored that game. Yes. <laughs> Minnesota I mean, versus DC, Tim. You know, I gotta say, I've got something planned for the for the end of this uh, this review here that you guys are gonna love. Um, other than that, though, not really a whole lot going on. I mean, Minnesota, they don't really have too many fantasy prospects at the moment, and DC on the road after a double game week. I mean, I don't know, maybe Lloyd Sam, uh, maybe Luciano Acosta, if you want to be a differential guy, but. Maybe somebody out of that attacking midfield. I think DC wins two to one. But you know, you guys are talking about a sea of red flags, a, a red sea of red flags, as one might say. Um, we I crunched the numbers before. They have twelve players without red flags and sixteen percent or sixteen with red flags. And uh, for those of you keeping track at home, that is a a thirty three point three three repeating, of course, of course, um, <laughs> premium for players with red flags as opposed to without red flags. So, you know, it's it's looking pretty brutal over, up there in Minnesota. Well, tell me at least they have chicken, though, Tim. Oh, at least they have chicken. At least they have chicken. Okay. All right. Back on pace, Jason, Sporting Kansas City versus Chicago. Oh. Well, <laughs> come on. It's Chicago. You can't give me a yawn for Chicago. 
Oh, I absolutely can, and I'll tell you why, Reed. Um, Nico, his last three away games have been horrible, and he's cooling off. A two and a three, his last two games, um, you know, he did great, but I'm sorry, he's just not really doing it for me. He's got one more away game, and that's against Kansas City, and then he's home for a game, but... um, Nothing really tickles my fancy about this game. You have one of the best offenses against one of the best defenses. And right now the best offense hasn't really done anything. Um, and the best defense hasn't really been that great. Um, so I see a 1-1 draw, but I, I'm going to avoid this game completely. I really don't like anybody from it. Um, Dom LaRue is playing with the U.S. men's national team. Benny is still crying over something that happened last week against RSL. Um, and Chicago just not, I mean, we all, we, we all know, yeah, they may score the odd away goal, but they're really not that good away. Um, they're much better at home. So I'm going to invest in, uh, other games and just, uh, not really pay attention to this one. Okay. Hold up. Dom Dwyer is not with the U S men's national team. He got kicked out. Hold Um, up. He might be in Orlando by the end of the week. If that's true. true. Um, because that, that'll be a fun situation. But, uh, yeah, and also, you mentioned the last two away games. Well, one was against at New York City, which is one of the league's best defenses. The other one was at Portland without Schweinsteiger. The away game before that, he scored 12 points. But well, that was before that. I said the last two, Michael. I know, but I think you're selectively editing. It, it, hey, either way. Skew. It's fake yeah. news, Jason. It's fake news. All right, all right, buddy. Well, okay, well, then you know what? Everybody, bring in Nico. Please, captain him. Why not? Go for it. See what happens against the best defense in the league. Yeah, but you said he cooled off. He did. For last, his, his last two games, he scored a two and a three. That's cooling off to me. Yeah, but before that, it was 8, 12, 7, and 16. Okay. Then bring him <laughs> in. Then put your money where your mouth is, Michael. Bring him in and make him your captain. Bring up Nico on next podcast for Mike and Jason. <laughs> Check. Got it. We will God, I hope, God, I hope he gets a red card and misses a PK. Revisit this. <laughs> <laughs> after, All right. after missing the PK, he gets it. All right, Tim, LA versus Seattle. All right, so um, LA is at home. Don't, don't touch anybody but Allison Drini in case you decide to be bold and think they might be able to finally turn it around at home. Um, Seattle. Take your pick, man. Uh, rolled in Joven Jones. Uh, well, I guess, you know, they don't have Jordan Morris, Jordan Morris or Dempsey. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you can't go wrong with rolled in and Joven Jones and maybe Stephen Frey. I, I don't think LA is going to be able to do anything again, and they're just going to continue to fall down the, uh, down the table. Um, 3-1 Seattle. Whoo. Rolled in with another brace. Come on, boys. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're making some big, bold predictions here, Tim. Hey. And finally, Mike, take us home with another rematch. Toronto this time hosting New York City FC. Yeah, um, it, it'll be a rematch uh, in name only, mostly because Toronto will have a, a lot of players back for this game. Uh, we'll see if Josie Altador uh, starts, uh, as well as some of the Canadian uh, internationals that they have. Um, Toronto played very well, even with backups against New York City. So um, now while New York City in the regular season has played very well against Toronto and, and been very defensive when they've gone to BMO Field, 
Um, we'll see what, what, what they do, especially with Chanel out. I, I think this is a, a Toronto win, as much as it pains me to say, probably 2-1. Um, I, I think your best fantasy options your, your are questionable with Bradley and, and Giovinco and Altador having an international or injury situation. So if you're really looking for someone in this game, it's probably going to be Vasquez. Uh, for for TFC, um, even though he he didn't have the best of weeks, only uh, getting eleven over the the course of two games, um, with, with no assists, only getting that that PK goal against New York City. Um, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of value here. I don't think Toronto is as likely to keep a clean sheet um, with New York City with losing uh, Chanel. I, I don't know that I can say they're going to go on the road and keep a clean sheet. Like, like I said, it's two one. Vasquez is probably your best fantasy option. Uh, the other main fantasy options, unless you just want to go with Villa on the road, um, I, I think you're probably skipping away from because they have some issues. So two follow-up questions from me, Mike. Is yep. this a round where you would consider not having Villa since it's probably one of the toughest games that New York City has left in the season? Yeah, I mean, look, G, G, I mean, David Villa can score any round, but, you know, TFC has been a tough matchup. It wasn't the best of matchups. I mean, they, they were pretty good in holding him down with a B lineup, you know, on Wednesday. Um, I, I It's not – to me, there are so many other good matchups. I, I don't I, – like right now, I don't have David V in my team. And finally, I know we talked about a lot recently, um, a lot of you and I maybe in some Twitter chats, but on the show some as well, just the price of Geo. And, and I'm slipping more and more into the the side of just not worth it at all, especially after the poor performance last week. Even with some bloated budgets, is Geo worth it? Nope. I mean, with a good matchup, I think I think he still is. But what's becoming a good matchup for him is clearly getting lower. I mean, I, I'm this week was kind of weird because he had the injury. And, I mean, I, I recommended him mostly because he has such a great record of scoring at Yankee Stadium. Uh, but, unfortunately, he missed most of that game uh, having to be subbed off uh, injured. But, um, t- to me, with the way our budgets are, it's not as much of a inhibitor. It's really just whether or not you think he's a good matchup. So, t- to me, it's not as much is he worth it, it's is he a good player. For some games, he is, but, you know, he has been putting up the bonus points. His floor is a lot lower this year than it ever has been. And I think that's the main difference for Giovinco. So I understand, you know, saying, hey, he's 13 million and he has a floor of three. I just can't risk it. Um, But, you know, outside of David Villa, most forwards have a floor of two and three. So it's really based on, to to me, the matchups. But that's not something we used to say of Giovinco. We thought the matchup was going to be extremely tasty against Colorado. And... Look what happened. I, I, I would personally, if I was going to touch any Toronto player, it'd be Vasquez. That guy's been on fire and at a great price point. But this season with Michael Bradley and Josie out has really affected Giovinco negatively. Teams now, instead of having to key on Josie, Giovinco, Bradley, Vasquez, that's four, that's four players. That's incredible, incredibly hard to try to match and mark now you're marking Giovinco and you can double team him and he's not going to do anything. So I don't know. I think that for his price point, he's going to need to 
to string together a couple great games before I even consider him. I'd rather load myself up with a bunch of premium mids or premium defenders and I think of a better shot of getting a clean sheet because this this double game week, I luckily avoided him and it really worked out to my benefit. So, Okay, but I mean, like next week, for example, he's away at D.C., They'll have Josie Altidore back, Michael Bradley back. They won't have Canadian Cup Championship anymore because that's all done. Uh, you'll only have one more, I think, one more international break in the regular season where he might lose Josie and, and um, Michael Bradley for a game. You know, if you look at the upcoming schedule, it's pretty favorable for Toronto. So, I mean, like, I don't think write him off because he does have some good matchups coming up. And like I said, you probably have the money where you're only making some small sacrifices. Um, and, and if you look at what he's done in the games where he has been on, it, it's a big reward potential. Like I said, the floor has changed. You're taking much more of a risk than you ever used to with Giovinco. But to me, if you look at the forwards and the comparison of some of the other forwards, there's we, there's not – we're. Most of our great players this year are midfielders. I mean, I think most people are, have been running three five twos for for most of the weeks. I, I, I think I ran a three four three last week for the first time in three months. The, the other forwards haven't been producing. Ola Kamara hasn't been producing. BDWP has been inconsistent. Adi's been inconsistent. Um, Dwyer, you know, Laren. I mean, we can go on and on down the names of all the the forwards for for most teams. Giovanni Dos Santos. Uh, Wando, um, they're just not been producing the same way we have in years past. So to me, that floor isn't as much of a knock against him because the other Fords aren't bringing up higher floors themselves. All right, guys, much. I'm going to have to cut you off here so we can continue on to our picks, but a lot of great information and insight with those two players. Thanks a lot. I hope everyone has enjoyed the picks that we've had and that you can use those to be helpful. But now it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty, starting out with keepers. Jason. Yeah, I'm going with uh, the wa- uh, Wall of the Wasatch this week, so Nick Romando. Um, if I were to pick another keeper, it would probably be Brad Guzon, but I think Romando is going to get it done this week. Tim. Right now I've got Zach Steffen and Luis Robles. Um I'll probably end up swapping out Robles and maybe slotting somebody in for Zach Steffen. I don't know. I mean, I think he's Steffen's got a decent floor this week. He might be able to pull one clean sheet. Definitely Mike. not against RSL, though. Nope. 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 Mike? And I, I have the, the goose on. Um, I'm going in with him. <laughs> Defenders, Tim. So right now I've got Aaron Long, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, and Jonathan Mensah in my starting lineup, and I have Jack Elliott. This potential switcheroo. Um, I really like Atlanta, though. Maybe I'll maybe I'll double up on them and also bring Guzan in. I'm starting to feel more and more jumping more and more on that bandwagon. I like it, Mike. I have a switcheroo with Gonzalez Perez and Jovan Jones, and then I have two double game week defenders. I, I may ch- change this, but I have uh, Elliot. And then I have a name we haven't talked about. He's a new acquisition for Columbus, Abu Bakar. Um, he's only played twice, but he is a center back. He's only 4.8, and his point totals are 9 and 11. Uh, I think he's been a good positive change for Columbus defensively and might be a little bit of a differential pick since he's pretty low down in the total score. Jason. I have LPG, Garza, and Glad. And then I have um, Parkhurst in a switcheroo. 
So tripling up, uh, potentially tripling up on Atlanta's defense. Okay. Mike, midfield. I have Rusnak, Almiron, Miram, Kleshin, and Wynn. Same Z's. That was easy. Tim? I'm going to mix it up here. Danny Royer, Christian Rolden, Miguel Amidon, Roland Lama, and Albert Rusnak. I do like Lama a lot this week, though, too. I took him out for win because Mike yeah. convinced me. Yeah. I mean, if Amidon wasn't uh, – if he didn't have $10 million or $10, uh, $10 uh, I'd have all midfielders underneath 10 Perfect. I love it. Jason, forwards. I have Platita, and then I, like I said before, I'm running a switcheroo. I did want Ola Kamara, but um, Mike actually convinced me to pick up Kubo Torres, so I'm running um, Plata as a single forward with a Torres-Parkhurst switcheroo. Tim. Now, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but Joseph Martinez was in a walking boot this week, right? I saw, That's correct. I think I saw a tweet on that. Yeah, so I'm going uh, – right now I've got David Villa – um, I've got Hector Villalba or Vialba and then Maxi Arudi. I like Arudi. Good yeah. choice. I just need to f- figure out which one of my guys to bench because I got five good midfielders and three good forwards. <laughs> Triple switcheroo. Triple switcheroo. Oh, you're right. Nope. Right. No, you're right. Not helpful. Not helpful. I forgot double switcheroo. My bad. Sorry, guys. My bad. Also can't happen. Mike. Um, I just have two, Ola Kamara and uh, Torres. And Tim, who is your captain? Uh, Mike Petke's finest. It's uh, Albert Rusnak. My man. There you go. Mike. I have um, it on Miram. Jason. Rusnak, it's been on since I did my first draft. And I uh, just have a good feeling about Prince Albert. He's going to kill it. All right. And finally, clean sheet chances. Mike. I think Atlanta and New England have the best two clean sheet chances this week. Jason. Uh, Atlanta and RSL, no doubt. Tim. I think all, th- I think all three of those. And uh, also uh, Dallas and New York could be sleeper, sleeper picks here too. So a lot of choices this week, guys. Wow, you're really filling it up. I don't think we've ever had anybody pick more than two. Yeah, I've got five, guys. I think there's going to be clean sheets. We'll see what happens. All right. Thank you guys for those picks and those tips and those differentials and all of that. I hope everyone finds that useful in planning their teams. Remember, get those lineups set and captains picked by Wednesday by 730 before kickoff starts. So get your team set. Don't miss it. Don't miss it this Wednesday. Wrapping things up, we got community time. My favorite part of the show, the R slash fantasy MLS top score this round was Jacob Newmeister, manager of Mustard FC with 188 points. Bravo. Good job. Bravo. Three off the top. Three off the top. That's amazing. Good job. Good job. Very nice. Very nice score. Uh, Moving down to Patreon. Darn you, Paul Sakunis, whose name I may have also butchered. Because you beat me, but you were nice to me on Twitter, so congrats. Good game. Good game. Very close as well. Very close as well. Uh, RJ Gage keeps keeps his lead. Alex Bruni jumps up to second place, and Mark Prince Metal has fallen down to third. So tight. It's still tight in the Patreon head-to-head league. And now my favorite head-to-head league, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts 
head-to-head league, and I am still first. It was tight. I had a rough game against uh, Ben Bear from MLS, but everybody else had pretty rough games as well, so it all evened out, and I have maintained the number one spot in the uh, or the MLS Fantasy Insider Host League. Uh, Mike, you had a good game against Ivan the Terrible. Yeah, and weirdly enough, I actually won a match. Uh, 147 to 1222. So I'm, I'm starting the comeback trail right now. Let's see if you can keep it going. Uh, Phil took on Guy Sanchez, and he had a very solid win, 152 to 114. Uh, Andrew Crawler took on Blaine, and he also was smashed, 147 to 105. So tough times for Andrew there. Uh, Jason, would you like to talk about your game? Yeah, um, played against a fantasy football 24-7 and um, in true great fashion, suck it England and suck it Mito and suck it Adam Alcock, I beat you. <laughs> One for the Yanks. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's stop with that. Let's stop with that. I took on uh, Ben Bear from MLS and he beat me. 149 to 132. I had a bit of a late comeback there in the last couple of games, earning 30 points. Uh, but he got some points as well and uh, had a good game. He relied heavily on, on the Red Bulls. And as Tim has already told us, they really came through this round. Uh, Simon took on Andrew Wiebe. And congrats, Simon. You beat the Taco, uh, 145 to 104. Uh, and yes, that 104 was still the lowest score of everyone for this entire round, just barely losing to Andrew. Can I complain and, about this for a second? Sure. I, I want to interject. I asked Extra Time Radio if Andrew Weeby was going to make transfers, and I got a guarantee, a guarantee, that he was going to make transfers this week. And what do I see up at the front? Zero transfers. He had like Rodney Wallace and Ramirez and Opara and Madranda. I, I I mean I think they owe me at least a T-shirt for their like guarantee. He got 104 points. Maybe he looked at that roster and said, "You know what? I like it. No transfers needed. Those are my transfers." No, no, no. My the guarantee specifically was that he was going to make transfers this week. That was the specific guarantee. And if that guarantee isn't worth anything then what is worth anything our society will collapse if the guarantee that was established a week ago is not take it to the bank mike so, he's, saving, he's saving it for uh for for, for next week i mean maybe transfers. he's saving all of his transfers not realizing that they're uh unlimited now that you can use them it's it's you know it's like cell phone minutes back in the day you could just use them anytime you know come on he's rolling he's them over us, he's giving us a head start and he's going to come in first place every round from now on <laughs> That's what it is. I just, I just want one of those extra time t-shirts. That's, I think I deserve one now. <laughs> well, we're not part of that department, so we'll just have to see how that happens. Keep that's, us why, that's why I'm yelling and complaining. So I yell know. and complain on my behalf. Ooh. Uh, Tim, tell us about your game against Travis. Travis, good game, sir. You came out with a strong 130 points, but I managed to overcome you just barely with 143. Well played, and uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let's play some Rocket League, man. It's been too long. <laughs> All right, and coming up for round 21, I am taking on Fantasy Football 24-7. Jason, give me those tips. Jason is taking on Andrew Crawlard. Blaine is taking on Mr. Guy Sanchez, who unfortunately has uh, not going to be joining us for the rest of the season. He's got some personal things that have come up, and so he's having to take some step back in his his uh, MLS involvement. Uh, so uh, he's not going to be with us, which 
probably means he'll come back sometime next season in a round table or something or not. But I mean, you know, it's guy, Mr. Guy Sanchez. Good luck to you. Phil is taking on Mike Denton. Good luck, Mike, with that. Uh, Ivan from Fantasy Football First is taking on Travis. Tim is taking on Andrew Weedy. Congrats, Tim, on your win. And Simon is taking on Ben Bear from MLS. So that is all that I have, unless uh, you guys have anything else you want to add about head-to-heads before we wrap up. You know I'm going to lose this week, right? <laughs> It'll, make He'll make It'll make his transfers. He'll make his transfers. A delayed guarantee. That's what it would be. My win streak will end at two. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all that we have for the show today. Uh, guys, anything you want to plug? Jason? Yeah, I will be back on the uh, MLS Fantasy Twitter on Tuesday night at, uh, I believe it's 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, get your questions in and all that good stuff. Um, this week, I should be back to doing my punts. Sorry, it's been, uh, I want to say, close to a month since I haven't. So uh, look for that um, Wednesday before uh, kickoff. And follow me on Twitter at, I don't even know my Twitter, is it at J underscore MLSFI? It's something like that. Just follow me. I don't think there's an underscore. I think it's just J MLSFI. There you go. That's probably my Instagram thing, whatever. Just follow me. Mike? Uh, just add MLS injury news account. Um, I always can help, uh, can use the help with uh, any injury news that you see. Uh, be sure to tweet it at me. Tim? Yeah, you can find me, SoccerCaptains.com, at SoccerCaptains on Twitter. And uh, my good friend Joanna, she does an, a, a fantastic Game of Thrones write-up. So keep an eye on my Twitter feed. I'm going to be sharing her most recent article, which should be coming out tomorrow. Highly recommend you read it. It's it's actually awesome. They're really good. You may need to, after this podcast, Tim, you may need to change your Twitter handle to at Prince of Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just getting ready for a Dungeons & Dragons game, guys. All right? Lightning, wrap this up. I got to roll another character. Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) And of course, you can check out everything I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com, along with Jason and the work of Blaine and others who are involved uh, with some great articles and charts and XG numbers. It's it's a fantastic resource and live chat that lots of players take advantage of during uh, the transfer times. Uh, Also, you can check out the articles that I have at MLSSoccer.com, as well as a piece that our good friend Travis has published already for uh, for these, this round, so check those things out. And, of course, visit reddit.com, so reddit.com slash r slash fantasy MLS to join that community of just fantastic players and discussion and ranting when, when you need a shoulder to cry upon. So check all of that out. And uh, with that being said, good luck. And RuneScape's better than Dungeons & Dragons. Well, that's just ridiculous. No, you're ridiculous.